They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks in a trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. That is right. That is right. We are the hosts of the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com and iTunes. Johnny Mita, what's shaking, dude? Oh, man, just fired up. Fired up about this great football start, 2-0. I couldn't ask for anything better, and you got the, the hated yellow and black Steelers coming into town. You know I'm going to be on fire down at the link this weekend. You are on the Wentz wagon 150%, my friend, and I love it. I love it because I've climbed on a little bit now. I did say early on the Eagles would be 2-0. and Let's keep that in mind. All right. They would have been 2-0 and with your boy Chaze Daniels at the S. They would have been 2-0 and with Sammy Sleeves Bradford because they played two horrible football teams. But now they're 2-0. and I'm, I'm a little bit more on the Poopy Peterson bandwagon. And I have one foot and leg securely on the Wentz wagon after the uh, the win on Monday night at Soldier Field. But real quick, all right, this is the Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud.com, iTunes. You can download us. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can always uh, check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, you can email the show, brotherlylovepodcast at yahoo.com, and you can check us out on Twitter at be love podcast that's at be love podcast quick overview for you uh lots of birds here on the brotherly love podcast win over the bears lane johnson suspension is official and of course sunday versus steelers plus we'll have our spread the love segment but first johnny Mead, i want to get your take on this because last night on thursday night football the patriots shut out the texans with a third string quarterback and several other significant injuries rob gronkowski dressed but was not even a factor didn't catch a pass Quickly for me on that last night because I found it kind of like a a stunning football game, even though it's early in the season. Bill Belichick is the goat of coaches, the greatest of all time. I don't even think it's close now. Like, and I know it's one regular season game, but I'm like literally blown away by that performance New England put forth last night. Matt Patricia, the Patriots defensive coordinator, should be a head coach for crying out loud. And now finally, the bombshell, Tom Brady gets way Way too much credit for the Patriots' success. Your thoughts? I hate the hoodie, baby. Hate the hoodie. That, those are my thoughts. Now, again, um, I, I was stunned. Uh, oftentimes, I love watching Thursday Night Football. I couldn't watch it because the Houston Texans were so embarrassing. But on the other hand, you, you bring up some, some good material regarding Bill Belichick as being possibly the greatest head coach of all time. The way that he prepares his football teams are always right. Everybody thought, okay, four-game suspension. Everybody took a look at the Patriots' schedule. Okay, best-case scenario, they get out of the two-and-two. Maybe shot in the dark, dream three-and-one. Who's to say that they don't go four-and-oh without Tom Brady? Essentially, they dressed. I mean, their backup quarterback last night was going to be one of their starting wide receivers, Julian Edelman. And it was just... 
he's just great. I mean, he's I like how you brought up Matt Patricia, very solid defensive coordinator. Brock Osweiler couldn't do a thing last night. And, uh, you know, what you would call it, got his head handed to him, the the Houston Texans coach. What, what, what's his yeah, name? Bill yeah, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Horrendous. Yeah. Third down, third and four, third, and they're running the football. You know, your greatest assets on your team aren't your running backs. They're your receivers. Clown. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, he's a great head coach. Uh, take nothing – you know, there's the spy gate to the flake gate. You know, there are some pressure marks, but he always has his football teams prepared. And and somebody brought a, you know, Ike Grease in Philadelphia on WIP, Joe, brought up a great point today. You know, think of it, which I didn't even think of this, and it's remarkable. How many Hall of Fame players is Bill Belichick going to have in the Hall of Fame when his coaching career is done? And you look at some of the other great coaches that are in the Hall of Fame. Your Don Shula's, your Bill Walsh's, your uh, yeah. Chuck Knowles of the world. And look at how many great Hall of Fame players. And I agree. It's like, okay, you got Tom Brady. Who else do we think? Well, they had Randy Man. Moss for a cup of coffee, but right. I wouldn't call him a Belichick player. Right. But, right. yeah, no, so it's a great point. Possibly, possibly Gronkowski. And then you look at all the misfits that this guy turns around. The Corey Dillons of the world. You know, was unhappy in Cincinnati, gets traded performs extraordinary for the Patriots. Oh, look at Deion, Deion Lewis. I didn't think Deion Lewis belonged in the National Football League. He was arguably their offensive MVP for parts of last season. Incredible. It's crazy. It it's a great Truly. point. It's a yep. great point. And, and yep. honestly, you know, uh, it's just they love the challenge. They love being doubted any way, shape, or form, and, and they proved it again last week. All right, enough on the Pats because I hate them. Let's get into the Philadelphia Eagles who defeat the Bears Monday night 29-14 to go to 2-0. and I call it a complete win, a convincing win. Not completely dominant, though. I mean, obviously Chicago had some momentum for stretches of that game. They missed a field goal. They had several other blunders. They were, in essence, the Bears when it was all said and done. Carson Wentz was, uh, can I use the term, great Johnny Mita? I mean, he sort of managed the game rather than post-gaudy numbers. There were some drops in there, but he seemed in control again of the offense. He was very accurate with the football very impressive to be on the road and not seem phased and to set the protect, uh, protections. You know, like they said, he's got a high football IQ. I mean, the more and more I see this kid, the more and more I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid. Ryan Matthews ran the ball hard in the second half. He didn't get many touches in the first half, but boy, was he tough to bring down the second half, really wearing down the Bears' D, controlling the clock, something we haven't seen from an Eagles team uh, since pre-Chip Kelly. Um, Josh Huff stinks. I mean... You know, that guy's still un unavailable to catch the football, apparently, in any major capacity. And on top of that, the punt return Eddie Royal took back to make it a two-score game in the fourth quarter. Josh Huff was on the sideline, bottled up. If he puts in any physical effort at all, that play gets forced out of bounds. So, Josh Huff, you stink. Uh, Doriel Green Beckham, I thought, stepped up, had a nice game. Fourth down catch in the first quarter on that drive. Trey Burton stepped up, which... I may or may not have predicted before the game. Johnny Mita told you Trey was going to have a big night. Um, I give credit to Nelson Aguilar. He made some tough catches in traffic. Maybe he gained a little confidence in week one, scoring that long touchdown uh, and may, maybe kind of boosting his morale. And then finally, I'll leave you with this. The Eagles 29-14 win Monday night, John Mita. To me, Chaze Daniels, Chase Daniel, he's the new Reno Mahe. Because how much face time did he get 
sitting there with the iPad next to Carson Wentz. I hate Chase Daniel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You remember when down. Reno used to always be standing next to Fat Andy on the sidelines? Oh, all day long. Yeah, man. and it would be all Eskin, day. Eskin in his fur coat, his mink coat, Fat Andy, <laughs> and Reno Mahe always on TV together. Yeah. Eskin be lurking in the background with his headphones on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's great. Um, well, yeah, let, let's uh, let's get to the offense on my end. Um, Carson Wentz, uh, another another good performance by this guy. Made some great throws, good decisions, was sharp. I mean, some of the just a zip and the touch. The guy, you know, when they say somebody can make all the throws, this guy can. This kid can, man. He can make the twenty yard out. He can throw the sidelines. He can make the touch pass. He can gun it over the middle. I mean, he's got all the tools. It's awesome to see. Looking forward to On the downside, this guy's got to stop taking hits. We don't need those extra two to five yards. Get out of bounds. Get safe. We need you upright because, God forbid, we got to see Chase Daniel in the football game. Thought they did a nice job with the running back rotation. I love the mix of Spoles, Matthews, Barner, even Smallwood got some carries. Keep those guys fresh. I thought that was a great move as well. And I liked how they made adjustments in the second half. I think they kind of analyzed what was going on in the first half. They got stopped on a couple drives, had to settle for some field goals. But they made some adjustments, started pounding the rock late in the third and fourth quarter, and uh, it was very beneficial. On the defensive side of things, you got to love the fact that we're still giving up under 15 points a game. Huge for this team. Yeah. They also forced, they've also forced a couple turnovers. Absolutely huge. When you win the turnover battle, and and you got to say, one of the reasons why they're playing so well, Joe, is the fact that they're not on the field like they were in Chip Kelly's you know, regime, playing more plays than anybody. They're fresh. The one thing that does, again, is something that I've been bringing up for the last couple of months with this team and this defense, is the corner play. At times, it became a little lost. The Bears were able to take some shots, and the corners were kind of, you know, kind of in the dark a little bit and this week's game um you know and we're going to get to in a minute and that's going to be the corners are going to really have to step up their game but all in all great performance by everyone special teams and another great game plan by the coaching staff i love the fact that they spread the bears out right from the gate they got this guy some short throws made him feel comfortable and uh it was awesome always good to see all right, well, let's jump right into the Steelers game, though, although I will give you credit. Uh, I, I did want to mention that and forgot, but Carson Wentz has got to stop taking those hits. Um, that's that's like an absolute no-brainer uh, because if he goes down, the season, it appears, is going down too, and who would have thought that that was the, uh, the case, you know, even just a week ago or three weeks ago or whatever, you know, however you want it, before Sam Bradford was traded. But, uh, you know, let's jump into the Steelers game. They're coming to the link. It's the late game, the 430 kick. I know the link's going to be jacked up. Let's hope that uh, the Eagles fans keep the Steelers fans in check because you know how that goes as the uh, as the game moves along. If the Steelers are winning, there's going to be a lot of them there, Johnny Mead. I need you to stay out of prison, but keep those guys in check for me. No doubt. You know I will. All right, how will they game plan, the Eagles game plan for Antonio Brown in your estimation? And will trying to shut him down mean that D'Angelo Williams, the Steelers' powerful running back, goes wild? Well, I, I think two things need to happen, right? What is a cornerback's best friend? 
That's right. It's the defensive line, the pass rush. The pass rush has to be on top of Big Ben for four quarters all day long. I think that's going to be critical. We need a Vinnie Curry sighting. I don't know if you've seen him or where he's been, but we need something out of Big Vinnie Curry. He signed a great big offseason deal. We need some production. But I think the defensive line pressure is going to be the cornerback's best friend. In my opinion, you kind of go back and look what Cincinnati did last week against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was able to move the ball. They didn't move it great. Obviously, the weather was a factor in some of that. But Antonio Brown, I think, only had four receptions for 39 yards. Why? Because they double-teamed him. And I would make somebody else beat him. guy like Sammy Coates, who's their second, you know, I guess their second wide receiver, now that Martavis Bryant's been on suspension all year, and make other people beat you. Or if he gets his, don't let anybody else beat you. But pressure, pressure, pressure. Last time Pittsburgh Steelers came to link, it ended in a good way for the Eagles. Why? Because Ben Roethlisberger was under duress in the entire game. So I'm hoping Jimmy Schwartz has something great up his sleeve. As far as the running game goes, hey, you know, the running game has not been a factor for either one of the first two opponents. Now, granted, D'Angelo Williams, he's a leading rusher in the NFL. He's done a masterful job running the football, and he doesn't look like a 30-year-old running back. But at the play up front, you know, Benny Curry, or not Benny Curry, Benny Logan, who's been stout against the run. You look at Fletcher Cox. If they stay in their gaps, create some havoc, let the linebackers run free, I think we could put something together to at least slow them down for sure. Antonio Brown over the last three seasons, Johnny Mita. 375 catches. All right, now I'm going to lob something your way that I saw from the great Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter, all right? Over the last okay. three years, Antonio Brown, 375 catches. That would be good enough for fourth all-time in Philadelphia Eagles history. Wow. That's in three years. So, you know, their yeah. offense, as much as it's been extending plays and D'Angelo Williams running hard through the tackles and, you know, fighting through – missed tackles and getting those extra yards, it's Antonio Brown, man. It's got to be. You know, he's got to be the biggest key, and the Eagles have to focus on him. And I probably feel more confident in a guy like Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator than I have since probably Jim Johnson, you know, and and RIP the great Jim Johnson. Look, you bring up a great point. This game's going to be one in the trenches, I think. And I I think another key here, and the Eagles have you – What's that? Yeah, you're right. Both sides of the ball, I agree. And I think, well, look, a lot of times when teams are somewhat evenly matched or evenly matched or, you know, a team needs an edge, it's going to be who's controlling the line of scrimmage. So that's not rocket science. But I, I I think in this case, if the Eagles can get pressure on Ben, contain the run game, make the Steelers a bit one-dimensional, look, they're going to make their plays. But if the Eagles line can protect Carson Wentz and give Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles and Kenyon Barner a chance to do something, I think they're they're in this football game late. Um, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to come down to who can execute better, line of scrimmage battle, and then some, you know, a key for the Eagles has always been their special teams play. Can they make a special teams play to shift the field, to shift momentum, to put points on the board? So those are the things I'm looking for. Battle in the trenches, special teams play, and then obviously stay in this football game as long as possible. Um, you know, the Eagles, to me, Johnny Mita, you might disagree with this, but they don't have to actually win this game. I just think they have to learn 
They have to grow. They have to keep that momentum going. I was just looking at your text you sent me after the game the other night. Great game or great win, you said, and let's keep building this thing. And I think that this is a game that will be a building block, win or loss, for this young Philadelphia Eagles team. And I don't mean young because, you know, they're the youngest team in the league. But when you have a franchise quarterback now that's a rookie, this is the spot the Eagles haven't been in in, you know, almost 20 years, It's it, it, there's going to be some bumps along the road. One more thing for me. The bye week, I think it actually comes at a great time. I was I was pissed when I saw the Eagles at a week four bye. I think it's okay now because you're going to get Zach Ertz and Leotis McKelvin back after the bye potentially. It gives Carson Wentz an extra week to digest everything and take a step back. And the worst case scenario, worst case for me, is that after week five, so your three games, the bye in week five, you're three and one because there's no way the Eagles go into Detroit and lose following a bye unless Poopy Peterson just – you know, can't get them refocused. So, to me, worst case scenario, the Eagles are three and one after Week Five, and probably near a top of the NFC East. Yeah, and you look at the division, right? I mean, Washington is imploding before our eyes. They they have problems in the locker room. Some people are pissed that Kirk Cousins is still the starter. Uh, they rather have Colt McCoy, which is hilarious. Um, Dallas has been okay. The Giants, you know, they're they're undefeated, but you know, there's no juggernaut. I mean, this is up for grabs. And I, you know, you do make a good point. The buy, think about this. If the Eagles find a way to win this game, they go 3 0 into the buy, they come out, they get a, a team like Detroit, another winnable game. I mean, sky's the limit. I just think the formula is there. And the formula is there for a young rookie quarterback. And when I say formula, I'm referring to how other rookie quarterbacks made the playoffs basically their rookie year. And had success Why? overall. Defense, right. running success. game. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Defense, running game, special teams. Don't ask the kid to do too much, but because this kid has come from a pro-style offense, Joe, I mean, he, he is – you know, I don't want to get too fired up. I mean, everybody's drinking Yes, you do. You do. Come on. But Come on, I, give it to I, me, bro. This is your opportunity. Before I get, before I dive into the Carson Wentz pool in the deep end head first, this is your chance, uh, man. This is your boy. Uh, Mitch, I mean, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I think this could be the guy that takes us all the way home. I really do. I think that he just – he is a combination. He, you look at some of the good quarterbacks in the league, and they do like certain things where they do really well. I mean – He's got, like, the mind of Manning, the arm of, like, Aaron Ron- I mean, he's got a combination of everything. The athletics, I mean, it's sickening. I mean, I know we're getting, hey, and people want to drum. Remember, people are drumming North Dakota State. Well, what type of competition they play against. I got news for you, people. They just beat the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are ranked 14th <laughs> in the country last weekend. Uh... That's their third Division One opponent that they've beaten in the last three years. Sorry, people that said that he he didn't play against good competition. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, yeah, exactly, but I'm fired up, exactly. Because I'll mute your I'll up. mute your microphone. All right, let's be honest. The guy played against Cardinal O'Hara, like eight out of ten uh, games. All right, and he only played yeah. two years. All right. Uh, all right all Lane right. Johnson suspension becomes official as appeals underway. Most likely, starting in week five, the Eagles will have, you know. 10 weeks without their best lineman, arguably their best lineman. So essentially Sunday's the last time we could see Lane Johnson until the playoffs, if the playoffs are even a reality. So it absolutely sucks. We talked about it early on. Lane Johnson, 
even if it wasn't his fault, has screwed himself, has screwed the organization. And now that there's some hope, 2-0, and young quarterback looking good, this is coming. Uh, look, it was nice to have Lane Johnson early to give Carson Wentz a little confidence and have your best line possible in there, but this is going to suck, plain and simple. Could be a season killer. I just I, I wonder how this is going to go, Joe. They set the appealing, you know, the uh, the hearing, but uh, there's also a chance possibility he could play against Detroit coming out of the box. But you're right. Um, the one thing that we look at is they practice with some of the other guys in the preseason. Again, I know it's preseason, but they they did try some other combinations, uh, assuming that he might get suspended. Maybe Uncle Roger and the NFL takes it easy on us. Easy on us, and um, you know maybe it gets reduced. Maybe his first time when he got hit with the Adderall, if it gets reduced, and instead of ten games after he appeals it, maybe it goes down to six. Um, we can only hope it absolutely stinks. This is why you don't trust a phone application regarding millions of dollars. Uh, just a knucklehead move. It, it really stinks. You're not going to find a, a good offensive lineman on the street right now. And uh, it's just something they'll deal with. But, hey, that's why you game plan. You know, you won't be running the ball to that side, that's for sure. The bye week, again, could help them prepare a little bit for life without Lane. So, again, if there's some silver lining there, maybe the bye comes at a favorable time. But uh, definitely just brutal overall. I mean, again, I don't know if this is a 7-9 and team. I don't know if this is a 9-7 and team. I don't know if this team's 11-5. and They have some tough opponents ahead of them on the schedule. They could be 4-12. and 12. Who knows? But I just feel like your best chance is with Lane Johnson in there, obviously, and that ain't going to be the case anymore. All right, my friend, let's spread the love, which we love to do on this program, and uh, I will cue up some romantic tunes, and we'll spread it. We'll spread it. We'll spread it. I'm going to start, brother. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to spread the love to John Dorenboss. The longtime Eagles long snapper, the Magic Man, for his performance on America's Got Talent. He was spectacular, genuine, personable, charismatic, made me watch a show I've never watched before in my life, made me watch on YouTube the episodes I missed, just his part, of course. But he made Eagles fans and the organization proud. He finished in third place. John Dornboss, the Magic Man, who has an unbelievable story to his upbring- uh, upbringing, as his father killed his mother when he was just a young boy, he took the magic to help cope with that tragedy. And John Dornboss, who's been an Eagle for as long as some Eagles fans have been alive, it seems like, a dozen years or whatever, had a great showing on America's Got Talent. He's a hell of a magician, and he seems like a great teammate. So I'm spreading the love today to John Dornboss. Wow, I love it, Joe. That was great. Yeah, he got gypped, man. He got gypped. Uh, well, he went up against, like, Taylor Swift Jr., yeah, well, she wasn't, what, that opera, she wasn't even that great. I kind of like the Italian pizza delivery man, Sal. <laughs> he, had, he, had some, he had some great pipes on him. But uh, my spread of love, Stone, you're going to hate this. I, I switched up late, but I got to spread some love to Coach Doug Peterson, man. Oh, I never thought God. I'd say. <laughs> Just the way he game planned and brought this team together. I, I know it's so early in the game, and I understand. But I was a hater, just like you, Joe. But I got to be honest with you. If 
surrounded himself with some great coaches, um, like particularly the coordinators and, and position coaches. But he's done a great job so far. The game planning, we haven't had the time management issues like we did with the other regime. And uh, big love out of Doug on the radio stations, which I know you didn't hear. He came on the radio, man. He's clamoring for the Philly fans to bring it this weekend. So, little love to Doug. That's all. Love the Doug. <laughs> love the Doug. It could turn it. It could someday. It could turn into hate, but right yeah. now, love the Doug. Yeah, it could be. It could be venom on Sunday night, but for now, a little poopy Peterson love. All right, that's spread the love. Good job, Johnny Mita. Um, our All question. Right, our question of the of the week last week was: Would you watch the World Cup of Hockey? We did get a couple of responses. One from some guy named Michael Mita. Would you know him at all? Yeah. I think I do. You're talking about it must be my cousin. Well, my nephew, Michael. I, got, I know it's not my brother. I got, it can't be my brother. I got Mike Mita got, from the Remax flagship. Yeah, Mike Mita Remax. Yeah, my Rhode Island nephew. Correct. Yeah, yeah. he said uh, to the question of the week, would you watch the World Cup of Hockey? I would absolutely watch the World Cup of Hockey. However, the WNBA action is hot this week, not to be missed. I, I should have had the drum roll. I should have had the... So Mike Mita hating on the World Cup of Hockey. Again, you can email us. You can email us, brotherlylovepodcast at yahoo.com. Uh, one other response from our good boy, our good brother Wood out there. I did watch some of the World Cup of Hockey. It seemed the preliminary games were better and more exciting. Maybe that's because USA went 0-3. He goes on to say, uh, skip some of uh, his other comments, but not that they're not worthy, but in the essence of time, I will say I'm completely disappointed by USA performance. I guess this is what Cleveland Browns fans feel like every day. Man, that sucks. Then he chirps Phil Kessel, who chirped Team USA for not putting him on the roster. So there you have it, the, uh, the question of the week about World Cup of Hockey. Honestly, I didn't watch as much World Cup of Hockey as I thought I would. Uh, which I'm kind of disappointed about, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. And with USA already being bounced and the under-24 North American All-Star team, if you will, being bounced, uh, it's Russia and Canada in the one semifinal, Sweden and Team Europe in the other semifinal, the World Cup of Hockey on ESPN. ESPN has not done a good enough job, in my humble estimation, cross-promoting it, uh, giving it its due time. It kind of seems like they wanted this thing, and then once it got closer, they're just like, yeah, it's football season. Anyway, um, that's my take on the World Cup of Hockey and ESPN. Quickly, before we get on out of here, a question for next week. Again, email the show, brotherlylovepodcast at yahoo.com. During the Eagles' bye week, what's the thing you want to occur the most? Okay? During the Eagles' bye week, what are you looking for? Whether it's Carson Wentz getting a statue outside of the link, whether it's Sackerts getting healthy, whatever it is. Malcolm Jenkins revising his national anthem protest. You name the thing you want to see the most during the Eagles bye week. Email us, brotherlovepodcast at yahoo.com, and be creative. Johnny Mead, what are you putting the dishes away? Ah, uh, yeah, always. Yeah. yeah, I'm always working, you know. Yeah, I know you're always working. Sorry. Uncle. No, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> we got out in under 30 minutes. That was the goal. That was that the goal. That was the goal. Any final Wait, thoughts? Real yeah. Yeah, what? Give me a prediction, buddy. How do you see it? Oh. Wow. 
You sound so depressed that I asked you that question. I don't know, man. I, I want I, look. I want to have rose-colored glasses. I want to say they're going to win. I just don't know. I really don't know. I'm going to be pulling for them. Obviously, this is a tough one, man. This Pittsburgh Steelers yeah, team is legit. They could they could be playing in February. The Steelers team, and they don't no even have Levy, they don't even have Le'Veon Bell back. So I'll you, call it. You got that. I'll call it. Uh, 24-23 Eagles. All right, and let me give you this tidbit too, buddy. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers haven't won in Philadelphia since 1965. Hello. What do you got prediction-wise? I'll tell you what I got. I got a little 31-21 birds. Wow. Double-digit oh, yeah. win again. You got it. All right. Check us out before the Sunday's wagon, game. The wagon, the wagon doesn't stop here, buddy. It's <laughs> going to keep on rolling. Check us out. Check us out. SoundCloud.com, iTunes, a bowl as well. Download and subscribe. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Until next time, we'll see Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.